and Dawn Passage with a lightweight leads the way. From Bands on Fire and Crack Me Up. Coming home fairly well this Chief Ironside. Madame Rouge putting it around in huge odds. Tracking right down the outside. Rene is getting up near the inside. They are spread across the track. Madame Rouge out wide. Dawn Passage. Rene is coming through to the inside. It's Madame Rouge in front. There's a host of them flying. Here's Tyzone. Tyzone is flashing. They hit the line. Photo finish. Tyzone, Madame Rouge or Nick and Over driving through. It was a blanket finish, wasn't it? But little tie zone, the horse that won a lot of races in North Queensland, got the money that particular day for Toby and Trent Edmonds. They bet $14, Robbie Frad, 52 and a half kilograms. And you may have heard me say uh, just recently about a separation of a training partnership while well, I was making reference to, of course, Trent and Toby Edmonds. Trent, I understand, is moving interstate. And let's get Trent on the program and talk about his career to date and why the move and the breakaway from his dad, Toby, who's the Edmonds stable, uh, have made such a major impact, haven't they? Um, since moving to Queensland, uh, Toby, of course, from humble beginnings, you know, scone in the early days, working with legends like Neville Begg and, and Peter Snowden, um, Padanak, of course, and then, you know, some of the horses. We just heard Tyzone, Hootson, Magic Minions winner, Alpine Edge won on Millions Day uh, earlier this year, Hard Empire won a heap of races, the Herovian, YPO, Winter Bride, that a great run for Sejano. You, Usmanov won a, a lightning stakes in Brisbane, Vanna Girl from within. So Trent Edmonds has been good enough to join me this morning. How are you, Trent? You're really well, Steve. How are you? Good. We're on reflection, just, you know, you're still a young man and, and you, the world's ahead of you, the racing world, but you must be so proud when I mention some of those horses there and what yourself and your dad have achieved so far on the Gold Coast. Yeah, no, um, looking back and, and um, it's been a pretty good ride, sort of, um, you know, it, uh, you mentioned some of those horses and you get a bit of a lump in your throat. It's uh, been amazing to sort of see where, um, you know, we didn't have many horses in work back in the early 2010s and to, you know, have a, a bit of a breakthrough and, and whatnot and um, start to receive a bit of support. Uh, you know, I suppose um, you know, it was fantastic and the uh, horse quality improved and we started competing in some bigger races, but to, to win some of those uh, biggest races on the Queensland calendar, the two biggest races on the Queensland calendar, Stradbroke with the both of us and Mole Men back in 2017 winning the Magic Millions. Uh, yeah, it was monstrous. Not sure if you had a bet that day. Did you on tie zone at the big odds? No, no, I didn't. Um, <laughs> I, I actually I had... A little bit of something on Hoots and from a very long way out, as did many other owners. So um, that was that was my sort of greatest punting story. But nothing in the zone. It was just um, pure elation seeing him win. Trent, when did you actually start as an official training partnership yourself and your dad? It was just not long prior to zone winning the Stratty. No, that's right. Um, basically, I think we kicked off first day of the 2019-2020 season um, and landed a winner pretty quick. I think it was our one of our first runners. Um, Shopping Paradise was a hot rail mare that we took to Gatton and then um, Jackson Murphy rode her and uh, then later in the day Cool Wedge won um, 
with Ryan Plum on board at the same venue. So it was a double to kick things off and uh, it was fantastic, really good memory. And Sejin Ho was so important in those early stages when you moved to Queensland. Uh, speaking to your dad recently at the Gold Coast, and yourself when I was walking around the stables there, how many winners you produced for them? I mean, Winter Bride was mentioned and heaps of others. Yeah, they were they were massive. Um, I think at one stage there when we started to really get rolling, we had the guts of nearly 30 horses in, in full training um, for Kevin and his family um, through varying levels of ability. Um, obviously, Winter Bride. We actually bought a real saga, Philly Saga on, who ran second to JJ, uh, in JJ Atkins' depressed statement. She was a stakes winner the week before in the Phoenix. Um, Kevin took majority share of her, and, and obviously she was Group 1 performed and a stakes winner, so she was a good mare. Um Winter Bride, who he owned in his own right, was was probably the best of those and a host of others that, you know, I could be here all morning um, going through the list. But they were, yeah, fantastic and some really, really good times. Just back to the little tie zone, 50 starts, he had 17 wins, over a million, 1.3 million or just over that. How small was he and did he have anything unusual about him, uh, that horse? Yeah, he was He was quite small, um, you know, um, couldn't tell you exactly how many hands or whatever, but he was. Did he eat like a normal horse? Um, when you, he was funny. When you galloped him, he, he sort of dropped away for a day or two. He took a little bit to get back on his tucker, but um, no, he did. He was he was pretty good um, as far as all that went. And um, oh, he was just so tenacious. I remember uh, when we first got him. Jeff Lloyd trialed him, and on the B grass here, he let up the trial. Um, one easily and Jeff sort of said oh geez boy this is a group one horse I, I'm, I promise you and I, said, oh, I think he might be fluffing it up a bit putting a bit of mayo on the sandwich but um, anyway it was a bit of it was a, a bit prophetic and um, he had his first start for us on um, Hollandale Stakes Day uh, in 2018 I think it was and Peter Snowden was staying with us at the time I pulled this little horse out of the box I said pretty good horse this you know um and he he laughed at me what's it running in on saturday i said a benchmark 85 he said pretty good horse and a benchmark 85 yeah anyway he won i think he was about 14s into four dollars or something and um he whacked him that day and uh he was fantastic to us for the next sort of two or three years like the Horovian was oh yeah um, we obviously got him at the back end and after Tom had bought him and then Stephen Massingham done just such a tremendous job with him prior to us being the beneficiaries of, of that um, and look um, we were lucky enough to take him over sort of Stephen was going back to Cairns after giving him a couple of runs here we freshened him up he um, delivered a great result in the I think it was the recognition stakes um, from memory his first start for Edmunds Racing um, with Brad Stewart on Bit a really good field, and then um, we went to the Burnborough, and all of his fighting qualities were on display on that day. You know, he dug deep, looked like he was Gonski, and then dug deep and got the cash. So um, I think then he had a bit of a freshen up, went down for the All Star Mile, ran a bottler, and that same season ran third. And you could argue a case to say that he was a slight bit unlucky in the Doom and Ten Thousand. Yes, behind Eduardo. 
Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the all-star mile. You're right. He was so good there at Wait for Age behind Mugger 2 and, and Russian Camelot back in 2021. And overall, he, he won 17 races from 37. And a horse, did you bugger the name up or not? Are you going to declare this this morning with Hootson? Um, because it was supposed to be named Dootson. Um, take us through that story again. It's an interesting one with the Magic Minions winner, the speedball Hootson. Yeah. So now that, that's pretty well documented. I spelt it wrong um, on the text. <laughs> so who wanted to call it Dootson after the model? Yeah, me. I, you. I, I, uh, I was trying to throw some names because she was ready to trial and whatever. And I was just like, she was a fairly good-looking horse herself, and I, I thought, well, we'll go for something a little bit out out of the box. And anyway, when the name come back, I said, oh, good name, everything, blah blah blah, everything's good. And um, I said, oh, that's been a bit of a bugger up. It's supposed to start with a D, but anyway, we'll leave it, and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> And she showed ability, of course. She, she won brilliantly debut, second start, Gold Coast. And she backed up, didn't she? Like a few have done, within the space of a week to win the Millions, millions from the outside gate. Yeah, she did. Um, and just before that, it was sort of, it was starting to become um, the more sort of taken path, if you will. Um, her feel on that occasion the week before was um, pretty small, but I think the track was, a little bit soft. Yeah, it was a soft six. I've got it in front of me, a field of seven or eight. You're right. Yeah. So, uh, and then I think not long after that, they started splitting them and had the two, the, the gold nugget and the pearl, I think they're called uh, for the Phillies and the Colts. But, um, you know, that, that lead up to that race was extremely stressful the week before, obviously it was crunch time that she had to get in. It was very wet. Jeff Lloyd Galter on the velvet track, which was old and tired. And we were very concerned. He said, said to us when he come back, don't worry about it. Uh, she'll go around the outside fence and she'll just smack him on Saturday. So that filled us with a great bit of confidence. Um, and obviously, you know, the rest of the week, it wasn't quite plain sailing either. This was the week leading into um, the week before. She had a minor, it was so hot, it was like 40 degrees. She had a minor temperature on the Friday afternoon and I was absolutely packing bricks. I thought, oh, the Magic Millions dream's over. She's, you know, spiking a temp. She's pretty high. But she was just a bit stressed because it was so hot. I come back to the stable at 9.30, 10 o'clock that night, took her temperature again. It was a little bit, you know, further down, which was good. And then um, I took it about three or four more times the next morning. And we were umming and ahhing as to whether or not to scratch because it was sort of borderline, you know, acceptable. And um, we didn't. And the rest is history. She won one and then uh, went on the next week to get the job done. Yeah. How did she pull up after that, uh, Hootson? After the week before? Yeah, with the, with the, with the temperature. She, she, was, she was absolutely fine. So by the time sort of the, um, she run the race, everything was good. And uh, for the next two or three days, she just had a quiet couple of days. But she licked the bin and um, she was really on some. Just goes to show that, you know, people don't understand, do they, the dedication uh, that, you know, the stable's put in. You were talking 10, 11 o'clock at night you were there at the stable with her the night yeah, before yeah, yeah. that uh, race at the coast. Yeah, for sure. I, I sort of was three-hour increments, and as you can probably appreciate, it was a pretty stressful time. Um, I went went back, had a bit of dinner, and then went back at 8 o'clock. Went home, had a shower. I couldn't sleep, so went back at, it was about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, yeah, and and um, it's probably annoying her more than anything. But anyway, <laughs> trying um, to sleep. The things you do. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, of course, you, your dad had a bit to do with mum when he uh, set to unleash the mother of Hootson when he worked for Patanak and Nathan Tigler. All that story's been well told. But how old were you when, when that was happening, when Patanak were involved there? Um, I was early uh, early 20s, roughly, yeah, yeah. early early 20s. Um, so that was a, a bit of a time. But, um, you know, uh, Dad had sort of first-hand knowledge on, on that mare and I, I was working for... I initially started for Peter Snowden in Sydney and then um, had a job offer from John Thompson to work for Patnak in Sydney. So Dad was working up here and I um, graduated to sort of assistant foreman, if you will, or running a barn for, for John at the time, at the same time. And he was fantastic as far as, you know, he was a great horseman and he basically gave you the keys to the car and, and let you um, make some mistakes and, and sort of broaden your knowledge and, and just by learning, basically. Um, you made mistakes on the run and, and um, you learned what not to do, what to do and, and whatever. He was really, he was, although that ended up a bit of a squabble, the whole Patnak thing, he was very good to me as far as that goes. And, um, you know, he's a really good horseman. Just back to Hoots and of course you got to go to the UK with her. What a thrill. Yeah, Steve, that was huge. Um, uh, if, if we had our time again, you know, things went a little bit, a little bit um, pear-shaped, sort of six or seven weeks out. Because if you remember, we went over there extremely early, about four months before the race, to prep her specifically um, for the race, um, which was is not the done thing. Um, it was a fantastic life experience, I must say, uh, something that I'll never get the opportunity to do again. But um, yeah, so about seven weeks out from the race, she spiked the temperature and then she missed sort of a week's worth of work just as we're about to start getting pretty serious with her and um whether or not that sort of told maybe she'll be giving her a run a couple of weeks before at Newmarket there was a race that we could have run her in she would have carried a, a stack of weight but um obviously due to the fact that there being no trials and that over there that sort of we were faced um with a bit of a challenge off that she was always one that we'd sort of give two trials to and then go after the races and Anyway, got her to Royal Ascot and she slipped, slipped out of the barriers. She was really above herself on the day, which was not not her. When we were saddling her up, I thought, oh, she's um, not quite her usual self. And, and then that happened out of the gate. So, yeah, it was a fantastic experience. It didn't quite come off, but um, something that I'll remember forever. Yeah, of course, the winners uh, ends up, you know, was outstanding of that race. You're t- talking about the King's Stand now, a great stadium, Blue Point. Yeah, that's exactly right. He, he was a star and... Oh, just to see the whole pomp and pageantry of it all, I guess you could call it, um, was amazing. And I, I'm hopeful to um, one day have a horse good enough to get back there. I remember you telling me you delved into journalism for a period of time, worked with some gun journalists at the Sportsman. When was that? Uh, so that was a very long time ago, actually. That was probably 2016. I, was, I went and done some work experience because I'd always had a passion for sort of um, writing and, and whatever. And I thought, well... You know, maybe sports journalism could be my thing, particularly given racing was my background or my family's background. Um, so that was organised for me to go into the Daily Telegraph for two weeks with Ray Thomas. He was um, crook. He was a little bit sick, so he wasn't at work. Um, we then ended up going into the Sportsman, which basically the same office anyway. They were sharing an office building. Um, ended up going to the Sportsman at the time. It was like Christian Nicolucci, Brent Zarafa, um, amongst others there. And they were 
they probably wouldn't remember it, but they were really good to me for the fortnight that I was there. It was a fantastic environment. Um, but just something about living at Warwick Farm, I was travelling in an hour sort of in and an hour out and sitting behind a desk. I thought, oh, you know, and I was only sort of there for work experience and you weren't, weren't you know, doing a great deal. But I just thought, is this for me? Maybe not. But um, anyway, that was a fantastic experience within itself. And how did the conversation go when you, you chatted with your dad and you decided to join forces and, and become a team, Team Edmonds? Well, that's that's one within itself. Um, I sort of harboured ambition ever since I'd been working in racing to be a trainer. Um, and he was more, I suppose it was an age thing or, or whatever. He was sort of holding, holding me back in that regard and, and sort of wanting to just let me still you know, enjoy life, so to speak, and, and um, not have the ultimate responsibility at that time. Um, and it, it coincided with me. So after after uh, Hootson went to England, my um, mate that we took over to ride her work, uh, we travelled through Europe for about three and a half weeks. And anyway, it was um, getting towards Ramoni time, and my old man rung me and said, oh, look, I need you home. Um I'm staying in Grafton for a couple of days over the Ramoni. Um, so if you can get on a flight and get home, that'd be good. We were sitting in um, Charles de Gaulle Airport in France waiting to come home. And he rang me and said, um, oh, I've been having a bit of a think while you're away. Do you want to go into a training partnership? I said, well, geez, um, big step. And it sort of smacked me in the face a bit. But um, I was only too happy to. I bet you were. I bet you uh you know, you got off the phone and sort of punched the air, did you? Oh, I was, I was recovering from giving myself an absolute towel up over four weeks in Europe. So I was uh, a little bit um, worse for wear, but uh, it was, you know, the whole flight home, put it this way, I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. But even, really the, even the jockeys that you've assisted, like Zach Lloyd was apprenticed to you, you gave him his first winner at Dolby 2020 with Satine, and of course Jeff Lloyd being such a, a key part of the whole operation, as you mentioned earlier, Hootson and many others. Yeah, Zach, um, you could tell that he was, you know, destined to, to do great things, and if he keeps his head on his shoulders, and uh, you know, he, he certainly will. And I don't see why why not. He's got a fantastic mentor in his in his father and and Darren Beeman. And that was a, a really emotional day within itself because there's been a bit of a build up. And even though he was very young, it sort of felt like a long time coming. Both of the boys, Zach and Jaden, had sort of, with Jeff's prominence in our stable, had grown up around around our stable. Um, whether it was coming to watch track work, helping sweep up of a morning after their old man had been uh, riding, you know, stuff like that. Um, so to see, for that to sort of play out in first ride, first win on the team, um, you know, that was massive. And we're both, Dad and I, really proud of what he's gone on to achieve. And he's only just, you know, getting started. So it's uh, all the power to him. It's amazing. Yeah, we had him on that, that morning. I remember it well. It was a bit of a mixed day for Zach, though, wasn't it? There was, another, was that other horse your, your horse as well that he came off? Yeah, Paliki certainly did it. Which it horse was, was it? Paliki. It was a little drumbeats filly. Um, in memory, and uh, sorry, it was better than ready feeling. He come off, come off her about two strides out of the barriers, and we were all absolutely 
petrified. I said, oh, no, it's the highs and lows. But anyway, <laughs> he, he, he moved on and uh, he's making every post a winner. Yeah. Well, obviously, the reason for our lengthy discussion this morning is because uh, we're going to reveal that you've decided, to, well, you've made a decision that you're going to move into state. Take us through your plans for the future, Trent. Yeah, so um, I have. Um, I'm going to start training by myself in, uh, in Pakenham uh, in Victoria. So my partner Natalia and I, um, we've purchased a, a house um, about 10 minutes from the track there and um, the plan is sort of Magic Millions Day will be our last day um, as a partnership and um, not long after that I'll uh, be a, a Victorian resident. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. It's a, it's a new challenge and it's not something that I've thought about overnight. Um, as you just mentioned, uh, you know, all the good horses that we had and the, the times that we have had uh, in the last four or five years. Um, the plan initially was when Caulfield was still open, and I'm talking sort of five years ago when we had Hootson and Winterbride, Neptune, all those good horses, that um, we were going to open a satellite stable at one stage and um, I was going to move to Melbourne and run it anyhow. Um, and then we sort of sat on our hands a bit and COVID come along and, uh, you know, we sunk our teeth into a, a training partnership, but, um, you know, done a, a, a lot of due diligence, I suppose you could call it, um, as far as setups and whatnot go and extremely impressed by Pakenham. It's just an amazing place uh, to train a horse. It's got everything you need. And um, as I said, this has been sort of a, a four or five year plan, whether or not it was um, under the same banner together or um, by myself, uh, was pretty much always going to happen. And um, with my partner, she's um, due with our second baby uh, mid-February. I just thought there was no time like the present to um, have a crack, fits well. Her, her family are basically scattered all around that area, not far from that area. So, um, Are they involved in racing, Natalia's fam? Uh, motorbike racing more, more so okay. than, than horse racing. Um, absolute petrol heads. But, um, yeah, so that was that's the plan. And um, that's basically, basically that, yeah. I'm uh, really looking forward to a new challenge. Um, How are you going to get some horses? I mean, and who are some of the trainers there at Packenham? We know Peter Moody, of course, is, is one of the headline acts there. Yeah, so Peter Moody, um, Philip Stokes. The Gallagotis brothers are there. Um, John Sadler. Just, uh, John Sadler are there as well. You know, very good trainers. And um, it's just sort of starting to become, I think Annabelle Nisham even has a satellite stable there now. So, you know, it's starting to become a bit of a who's who of, um, you know, racing. And if you saw the facility, you'd understand why. It's, it's just brilliant. And um, I just thought, you know, while I'm, Young enough now. How old are you, Trent? By the way, uh, I turned thirty-three yesterday. Okay, yeah. Oh, happy birthday! <laughs> Thanks for that. Get um, your card, but anyway. So, um, yeah, I just thought while well, I'm young enough now, before kids go off to school or anything, and then we've got to uproot um, a little bit later. I thought I'd have a crack now, and um, when they do have to go to school and whatnot, we're settled. Everything's settled. Everything is good, and um, hopefully, I can make an impact. Well, how are you going to do that, though? I mean, tell me about how you're going to source horses and who's going to support you. How many boxes do you have? Um, so I'm just kicking off with um, 10 boxes at the minute with obvious plans to then um, expand. 
but I just wanted to start quite small and, and just be um, really sort of hands-on and, and um, you know, attentive to the job and, and whatnot. Um, and then once you sort of build your systems and, um, uh, you know, get the lay of the land, so to speak, and, and understand how to train because I've obviously never trained in Victoria, a different climate than here. And, um, it'll be a learning curve, but um, that's why I just want to start small and, and then look to build on that. Um, as far as support, uh, I'll be honest, I've been, we've been sort of pretty, our main client base um, knows now, uh, there was an email sent a couple of days ago um, about it, um, obviously family and friends and, and whatever uh, knew before that. Um, and yeah, so I'm just starting, starting off fairly small, hoping to get a little bit of support. I've got some, as you do, some promises. Um, which are good until the horses turn up and you sort of, you know, they are just promises. But anyway, I've, I've got a couple of horses to kick off and varying levels of um, ability, which is good. Now I'm just sourcing some stuff, which will be great, and um, we'll go from there. Is there a chance your dad could could get, provide some horses as well if they're not measuring up or that he thinks they're better suited to Victoria and so on? Could that happen? Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And we've had that decision and we've had that um discussion sorry with um a couple of owners um you know, i've got sort of a couple of um guys keen to buy one for me at the sales and whatnot so that's a, that's a good start but you know i'll be just trying to source horses wherever i can you know try the tried market um as you know you can find a nice horse on those tried sales the english digital and whatnot these days for not a great deal of money and um you know find it find some owners for them and they'll sort of do and get you by for a bit uh, hopefully you do a good enough job with them and uh, people start to take a bit of notice well i'm excited for you i, I you know it's going to be it's uh, to me it's, it would be daunting but you're ambitious you've got a great grounding as you've said and um you know it's it's the next step in your career yeah that's exactly right um as i said i just feel at the time Time was right. Like there's obviously some great things happening um, here at the Turf Club at Gold Coast, um, but it's, it's something that I've had ambition to do for, oh, as I said, about the last five years or so. So I just want to um, go head first and um, have a real red hot crack, work hard, and do a good job for uh, my clients, and um, hopefully success follows. We'll be watching you very closely indeed. I should mention when I was talking about your achievements, there's one I didn't mention. I don't even know if I've spoken to your dad about it. Uh, you, both of you trained five winners in a day, didn't you, on a couple of occasions? Metro? Yeah, so that was... that was. Um, when was that? Massive. Uh, so I think he done it... It was the night that Jeff rode seven winners at the Sunshine Coast, that 12-race card that the um, race in Queensland was trying, the Metros, at the Sunny Coast. Uh, we got five, or he got five and run a second with the amateur. And um, and then the next time we done it together was when the zone racing was here during COVID. So to be fair, that probably helped us a little bit um, because we were diluted and not having to race against sort of Gollan and Heathcote and whatnot at the time. Um, so the fields were a little bit diluted. But anyway, uh, we got five winners um, back in about April 2020. So that was... 
that was big thrill actually. Um, that was massive. Yeah, no, that yeah. was a huge day. It'll be emotional for you. I, I do hope that you, yourself and your dad can win a race uh, on Magic Millions Day uh, because, you know, as I said, um, it'd just be sort of a fitting end to the, the partnership and then moving on to Pakenham in Victoria. Can you, yeah, you think, no. Is, a horse, is there a horse set for that day? Um, well, Alpine Edge, we're looking for him to go back to back to back uh, in the cutest race, and he'll be absolutely peaking for that day. Um, if he could do that for us, that'd be awesome. But uh, no, you're, you're right. Um, we've got sort of a couple of irons in the fire, probably not as strong as years gone by, and he'd be no doubt our leading chance. But um, yeah, we'll just see how we go. And uh, that's what racing's all about, as you well know. Uh, even the biggest stables, uh, you know, goes all waves, doesn't it? Um, just with Barassi yesterday, uh, he started very, very short. We know about his trials and his history. Uh, you know, what was your assessment of that? How was he on the day? The the I'm Invincible five-year-old debut, Barassi. He was well behaved, Steve, but he just, um, you know, he might have even needed the run. To, uh, to be honest, dis- disappointing result, no doubt. Obviously, um, somewhat. A high-profile trialer and a boom horse, I suppose you could say. Um, you know whether the track may have been a bit firm for him. I'm unsure. He's obviously had the well-documented feet, um, and when he bounced to the front, the horse that ran second, you know, kept him pretty honest, and he just wanted to run through the bridle. It just looked like he might have needed that run. So um, anyway, he got beaten, which was a, a big shame. Um, all being well. He's off to the beach for the next couple of days and just having a wade through the water and uh, we'll regroup and go again Magic Millions Day in the Maiden. Yeah, it's just a pity uh, that he's had those little issue, those issues along the way because uh, he could have been, you know, as a youngster, very, very exciting indeed because I remember seeing his first trial a couple of years ago in 21. Um, it was very good at Dooman one day. He won a trial, beat King Kappa. Yeah, yeah that's right. That, yeah. that was unfortunately the day that his um, blows started. started. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's Barassi. Anyway, thanks for coming on and thanks for telling us the news this morning on, on Racing HQ. And I just hope that you get a winner, you know, and show some of those Victorians how it's done, Trent. Thanks for coming on. Sure, Will. Thanks, Steve. There he is, a young man with an ambition to uh, to branch out and expand, and that's what he's doing. So he's taking a giant step and uh, going to uh, be training in Victoria, as from January next year, Trent Edmonds.